Are you looking for something different to entertain your kids? Check out a new podcast for children. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, is a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. Math is geared towards kids six and up, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. I love how the episodes are under 20 minutes, which was perfect for our drive to school. And my four-year-old really loved the episode, The Pirate Queen. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and so much more. New episodes drop every Thursday, and I love how engaging, funny, and educational the episodes are. Your kids won't even realize they're learning about math and problem solving. My son even said he wanted to finish the episode on our drive home from school. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And they obviously are learning about us and about, you know, what the patterns are in the daily life. And we're responsible to kind of be the ones to kind of go through the patterns of the daily routine, explain to them what's happening and just kind of be ready and calm for the big feelings, which is really hard after a long, busy day at work. Welcome back to the show. I am Dr. Mona and thank you for joining me each and every week. Remember to keep leaving those reviews if you have not already. This helps the show continue to grow and continue to reach more parents out there. On this episode of Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, I welcome a mom from the PDT community, Lauren, and she's asking all about why my child is acting out more when I'm home from work and also how to navigate this really real situation. So make sure you tune in to the conversation. Hey, Lauren. So tell me, what is on your mind today as a mom? Oh, well, I work outside the home. I do work in a hospital setting, so I do have shift work. And I've been noticing, I was excited to go back to work. I was ready mm-hmm. to go back to work, but I work long days. And I, um, when I get home or the day after, whenever the shift ends, when I see my three-year-old, there is some more acting out, mm-hmm. you know, undesirable behaviors. And it's really been difficult not to take it personally or think yeah. that it's not my fault or I don't know. But it's oh. me. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to this comment about if you do work outside the home or you go for a trip or whatever, you leave your child and you come back and all yeah. of a sudden they're like a different kid. You're like, what's going on? Like meltdowns, tantrums, asking, mm-hmm. whining, pleading, like all the words and terminology that every toddler goes through. And you said your child is three years old, right? Yes, he's three. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> They're separate from you, but also they love your mm-hmm. connection and attention, which is very common for children. What yeah. has been the most, I guess you kind of mentioned it already, but if you could kind of put into words the hardest aspect sure. of this issue or for most frustrating, if you will. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's funny because I don't think it's about my son at all. I think it's mm-hmm. about me mm-hmm. personally, like taking that on. Yeah. I don't know. This is my first child. So maybe I have a lot to learn. I know I have a lot to learn, but okay. I want to work. I wanted to be out of the house. I love what I do, but like, should I be home more? Should I cut back on hours? You know, is my being out of the house directly affecting his behavior or is he just a toddler? It's really hard. It's really hard to not take it personally and take that on, even though a lot of parents work. I hear you. A lot of parents work, but it is an internal thing. And I was going to ask that. I was going to say, like, Mm -hmm. does it come from you or do you also hear it from other people in your life, whether it's like passive comments from family members or your partner? Like, 
in terms of the behavior and, oh, yeah. it's because you work. Do you get that ever from anyone external? You don't have to tell me who, but like just in oh, general. Yeah. yeah. No, not really. Perfect. Kind of thankfully, right? Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Kind of the opposite. I think sometimes too, when it's not a belittling that makes it sound worse, but it's like everybody works and kids are fine and kids mm. are resilient. And it's like, yes, that's true. And thankfully kids are so resilient, but it doesn't change the way that it feels Yeah, for me as a parent and as a first time mom. And so no, thankfully there's nothing external coming in. I'm very grateful for that. It's just me being hard on myself. I love it. I actually, I talked to another mom who came on, we're talking about guilt. Um, Guilt shows its way in many different ways in motherhood and they all overlap like the same concepts, but we were chatting about that. It is harder if the guilt and judgment is coming externally because then you can't control what other people are saying. But in this situation, we are in a good spot because we can rewire and reframe how we approach these situations. And it's hard. It's not going to be like an overnight thing, but it makes sense. I mean, this whole aspect of trying to find the terminology work-life balance. I know people sometimes don't like that, but hey, I have this career outside the home. I have this beautiful child that I love, but I want both. Why can't I have both? And when they start to melt down after Mm -hmm. you have spent the day at a busy job that you hopefully get passion from and like, and there's some things about it that drive your fire there or fuel your fire, it can just feel extra draining because you're like, I just want some peace in my life. Like, especially you are in the healthcare field as an ER nurse, right? Yep. I mean, my husband's an ER doc and I totally understand like it's busy. You're mentally stimulated for like your entire shift. Yeah. And then you go back to a child who's doing the same thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Quote unquote fires here and there, you know, you're just like, there's not mental peace and you combine lack of mental peace with the guilt and you feel like you're crumbling when you're actually, I want to really talk about that from the beginning. You're not crumbling. It's all again, how we look at this situation is going to be a really important conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And yeah. it's, it's so funny that you say that it does feel like that. And with my husband too, when we first started dating, cause he's not in healthcare, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have a really tough day. It's like physically, emotionally draining. And then I kind of recharge and refill my cup by not talking and being quiet yeah. and like taking a minute. And it was really difficult for him the first like five years of our relationship. And so thankfully he's been super receptive and understanding, but my son doesn't get that. Right. So of course you come home and he shouldn't, and you, you come home and you're like, Oh man, I kind of had a day, but you kind of have to shut it off and maybe push it away for a little while and be a present parent as much mm-hmm. as possible. And that's challenging for me as well. Yeah. And when you say present parent, you know, there is a misconception. I've spoken about this many times that it really comes down to quality over quantity. And this is not something that I'm just saying, being a working mother. And because I have that reality, it's true. I mean, if you spend every waking hour with your child, but you are not present, I'm talking like mentally there, right? Your mind is thinking about bills or something else or that you want to go here or there you're not spending time with your child if your mind isn't there, right? So quality will always trump quantity. I'd rather have someone fill their cup, take their time, do whatever they need to do to take care of themselves, even in little increments, right? We are parents. We do not have the luxury of having hours on end to do whatever we want whenever we want. But there are little moments in our day that we can say, here's my cup being filled, like you said. And so that way, when I'm with you, I can be more present than I would be if I didn't fill my cup. And that's why I always say for anyone who works outside the home, you know, people, when we say working mom, like I said, 
everyone's like, oh, well, everyone works. I'm again, for the purpose of this conversation, it's you're working a paid job. That's not being a mother. Okay. (laughs) Let's say if you want to use that terminology, but for anyone working outside the home, it can be that really difficult understanding of, okay, I have this passion and I have this child and I hope that everyone who works outside the home, I hope the job that they're leaving their child for every day is something that does fill their cup. That's something that I've talked about a lot. Like my husband and I have conversations, like if you are not finding joy out of your job, and I'm not saying it has to be perfect days every day, right? But I'm saying like, you enjoy the profession, you enjoy waking up and going to that place. That is Mm -hmm. extremely important because if you don't enjoy it, that's also going to come home with you, right? Yeah. There's going to be way more anger, resentment, stress if you are going to a job that you hate. And so I hope you love your job. And I'm saying, when I say love, I mean, tolerate it, find some joy. No, absolutely. I do. I love what I do. I love what I do. Not every day, of course, right? Yes, I understand. That's life. But yes, I really do. I really do. That's so nice because I know I can't fix anyone's situations. And some of us have to work because we have to work, right? Like meaning some of us may have jobs or be in roles that we are in to provide money for our children, for Mm -hmm. our living, for our life. But I am very big on if you have a job that you do not love, figuring out how can I find my out or how can I reduce my hours and get that joy so that I'm not bringing that home. And if you love it, now we can talk about okay, we love this. This is something that's filling your cup. And the reason why your son is acting out more is I like to phrase this in a very empathetic way of their development so that you can kind of understand like, okay, yes, I see where he's coming from. How can I approach it? So we know children will act out more with their loved one, caregiver, parent, the person Mm -hmm. that they feel the most comfortable with, because for two reasons, one, he wants your attention and connection. Okay. He didn't see you all day. And I know that can be really hard, but it's not hard to hear, but it's not meant to be something like, Oh, well, I have to spend all these hours. It's understanding that he missed you. And it's like, Hey, I want you to see me. I want you to hear me. And in their toddler brains, they are going to act out. Meaning they may whine if you're like, putting your bag away and like, just not really looking at them. They may not really understand that, Hey, let me give my mom a moment because they're three years old, right? They're four years old as they get older. You know, as Sam gets older, he's going to understand that. Oh, okay. Mommy came home. She just needs five minutes. And that's going to be something that we do. And that's what I'll talk about that. I build in with Ryan as well is that I'm very matter of fact with what's happening when I walk through the door and I don't get upset at him. I don't like have the rise with him because that's going to be part of him understanding the flow of the home, right? That, okay, mommy just came home. She's going to go upstairs and she's going to change. And I'm going to be upset maybe because I don't like it, but she's going to come down. And when she comes down, I'm going to play with her, whether it's 10 minutes of Hi ho Cherio, which is what I do with Ryan right now. After <laughs> whatever it is that Sam likes to yeah. do, that one-on-one connection time, and that is something that we sometimes get so busy as working parents because we switch roles so quickly that you're like, okay, I came home, now I have to cook, now I have to do this, now I have to right. do this. You forget that even just looking at them and saying, "Hey, I missed you. I love you. Give me a hug," and then you give them that physical connection if they want it or that acknowledgement, and then you mm-hmm. leave. It's it's what I call connecting before we disconnect. Okay. Anytime that you are about to leave your child or you're entering their visual space and then you're going to leave, acknowledging their presence and saying, hey, I missed you, sweetie. I love you. Mommy's going to go use the restroom. Mommy's going to go upstairs and I'm going to come right back. 
This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code pedsdoc that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Artube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that Sam is going to be like, okay, mom, have a great time. He may say, but mom, I love you. I love you. I miss you. And you're just going to keep yeah. that consistency, right? Children okay. learn by pattern. Okay. Every time my mom does this, she's telling me that she needs to do this and she does it and that's it. And then she comes down and yeah, she spends time with me. They are going to realize and stop whining or crying for the attention because they know it's coming. We're going to give it to them, whether it's dinner time together, whether it's a book time together. And that's why I'm saying we're building all of the connection in to our lives. It doesn't have to be like an hour of a grand item or play activity that you created after a long day of work. It can be stuff that you're doing part of your routine. Hey, you want to come upstairs with mommy? Mommy's going to go change and you can come bring your car and play in the room while I change or while I wash my face or incorporating them into your routine when you need that transitional moment. So they have that sort of connection with you. Okay. Yeah. It's a great idea. And then the other thing besides the desire for our love, the connection and attention is the very obvious that they are going to be more comfortable with us than anyone else because we're their safe spot. Okay. So anytime a parent tells me that my kid just gets more upset with me. There's a few things that are probably happening. One, they missed you and they're looking for your attention and connection. Two, they just feel the most vulnerable with you. And that's actually in a way very sweet. Three, if you have caved into a lot of boundaries, like just say a child (laughs) with a parent, like who always caves in and gives them a candy whenever they cry, then yes, they can cry because they've realized the pattern here that, okay, I'll cry. I'll get what I want. I'll cry. I get what I want. But most likely it's the first two with parents, right? Most likely (laughs) I love my mommy or daddy or my caregiver so much and I just want to see them and play with them, da, da, da. Or it's that I went to preschool or I had a busy day and now my mommy's here and my mommy really understands me and I just want to cry and be upset. 
And mm -hmm. I know that's not easy because you also probably sometimes want to cry after your yeah. life. <laughs> sometimes. We have to respect the fact that they are little toddlers, they're little children, and they yeah. obviously are learning about us and about what the patterns are in the daily mm -hmm. life. And we're responsible to kind of be the ones to go through the patterns of the daily routine, explain to them what's happening, and just kind of be ready and calm for the big feelings, which is really hard. Like I said, yeah. after a long, busy day at work. Yeah, it is. That's probably the toughest part. And <laughs> I usually like, I work 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I know. So it's just a little different, but like he'll see me pull out my work shoes. And that's usually mm. like the start of it. And he's like, oh, you have to go to work. I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah, I never work the same days every week. So it's, yeah hard to kind of make a pattern that way. And I try to spend time with him before I have to go and have special time and build a tower or whatever it is that he wants yeah. to do to try to get it on that end. It's so funny too. It's day to day. Like some days he could not care that I'm going to work and he's like totally fine. And he just, right. his little day continues. And some days he's like, has a really hard time and there's no predictor and there's no way for me to, you know, me and my husband to know what day it is, like how, how it's going to go. So, yeah. And that's a really important concept because I think sometimes as parents, we feel like when we do these strategies, right? Okay. I'm going to be consistent. Mm -hmm. I'm going to prepare them. We try to do such grand preparation for our children. Yeah. And I think it's important. We don't have to stress ourselves out that, oh my gosh, well, I didn't play with my son for 10 minutes before I left today. And oh gosh, that's going to mean more meltdown. Absolutely not. It doesn't mean an equate to automatic meltdown mode. It's really about just understanding that some days are going to be such for you on your end. Some days, like you already mentioned for Sam are going to be where he's more upset about a situation. And like I said, really just remembering that this is our reality, right? I talk so much about our reality versus not comparing it to other people's reality, because I right. also have a spouse who does shift work. And so we don't have a typical nine to five life. My husband's right. working weekends like you probably do and holidays. Mm -hmm. And he also works a 3 p.m. shift. So he's not home some evenings yeah. and he doesn't see my son for a whole day because I send my son to preschool and then my husband comes back, is gone in the evening. So Ryan never sees him right. because he's not awake when Ryan leaves for school. So there are some days where they don't see each other. And you're right. Another concept here is that I've discussed this on other episodes. Children are very much like puppies and obviously they're way more sophisticated. Okay. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. You know, think about how puppies love their owners, right? Their parents, their dog parents, children love us. And they also like routine, just like a dog, right? They like routine. So mm -hmm. if they have a caregiver who does shift work, that's off of their routine, right? They don't have the expectation that I'm going to see mommy every morning when I wake up. I'm going to see mommy every night when I go to sleep. So I also noticed that Ryan does act out more with my husband because my husband's schedule is all out of whack, similar to how my dog also acts out more when with my husband, right? He's way more attention seeking. And it makes sense because in their head, they're like, they don't understand the routine. They don't get it, right? Because there is no routine. You are working shift work. So the beauty about having a three-year-old in this situation is that there is absolutely a higher level of understanding than when he was two or one, right? A one and two-year-old, it's all about cause and effect. You just leave the house, come back, da-da-da. With a three-year-old, when he is getting upset in those moments, when just say you're putting on your shoes and he realizes like, oh my gosh, my mommy's leaving. And I laugh a little bit in my head because I remember when, before we had Ryan, our puppy did the same thing. Whenever oh. like my husband would put on his shoes, my dog would start to get frantic. Like he'd start to run around because he's like, no, no, no. He's about to leave me. 
Right. When this happens, when you see your child start to get really upset, or even maybe he says, no, mommy, no shoes, you're going to really connect with him. And obviously you're probably kneeling down by then because you're putting on your shoes. (laughs) You're already at his level. You are going to really say to him, I know you're going to miss mommy. Mommy's going to really miss you too. I have to put on my shoes. Do you want to help me take this to the car? Like you're verbalizing with him. You're showing compassion with him, getting down to his level. Maybe there's a little hug that gets snuck in there. Maybe there's a kiss asking him what he needs in that moment before you leave him again connecting before we disconnect and then it could be very small and then what I do like I said that control piece is hey mommy has to go to work right now I'm going to miss you and maybe you know daddy's going to be at home and he's going to do night night and we'll try calling each other and again try to make promises that you're going to keep you know so that expectation there but whatever it is And then you can have him help you. Like maybe it's taking something to the car. Hey, do you want to be my helper and take my bag to the car for me? And then they feel like, oh, oh, I get to do something to help my mommy in her job. You know, I get to help her take something to the car and it gives them in a sense of chaos when they're feeling like, wait, 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 this is not my routine. My mommy's not supposed to leave at three. You're giving them a piece of control and also feeling like they're helping you, which toddlers love. They love to feel like they can help. They love to feel like they're loved and they love to feel like they're in control of a situation. So anytime we're separating and we're feeling those big feelings, empathizing, giving control can really help them be like, okay, this is not bad. This is not something that I should be nervous about. My mommy's leaving. I don't like it. She's not getting upset about it. So I'm not going to get upset about it. And it's that repetition that, like I said, you're going to see it start to fade out as he gets older and more understanding of the norm of your family, but also because you are not getting agitated. Okay. When he gets upset at those moments and you also get upset. I know, sweetie. I know. Yes. Yes. I like, and you're getting very like your, your tone, you're getting very agitated because he's crying and wailing. I know how hard that is. I've been there. We want to try to stay as calm as we can, because what we are teaching our children in those moments of dysregulation is I am staying calm in this moment. I am showing you how we are capable as human beings of staying calm and He will in turn learn that in time, that this is not something to fear. My mommy's safe. I'm safe. She's just leaving and she'll be back. Right. And they're going to start to realize that. And I love the age of three, like I said, because there is that higher level of understanding and even saying you're going to miss mommy. Why are you going to miss mommy? I like play with mommy. I know, sweetie. I love playing with you, too. It's uh, my most favorite part of my day. Right. Building up the moments that you do have. Like, I really love it too. And it makes them feel like, oh yeah, she does love me. And even though we can't play right now, we will play when she can. And that big phrase of when you can, it's not like you have to do this grand playtime when you're exhausted. It's just about being very calm and consistent with how you approach these conversations. Okay. All right. You know, my only question, though, I love this idea. I'm going to start incorporating that in. And again, I'm I'm not an expert, but like if you say when I can and the children at this age don't really have a concept of time. Yes. (laughs) So is this just, again, something that they learn as you go and they're like, okay, so later is not right now. Later is later. Yes, you're right that the later when I can terminology like that probably doesn't make sense to them until they're about four or five years old, because that's when they get a better concept of time, right? Timers Mm -hmm. help. But of course, when you're going for a long period of time, you can't set a timer. So it is a reality like 
When you set expectations with your child, you and your head have to think about what am I going to be physically able, like mentally or physically able to do? Like, obviously, if you're working a 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. shift, you're not going to wake him up and play at 3 a.m., right? So (laughs) are you going to be awake when he wakes up, just as an example, right? So then you're going to say, hey, when you eat breakfast tomorrow, they understand like they eat in the morning, lunch, dinner. Mm -hmm. They understand like events, right? Nap time, rest time, school, aftercare, like things that they're doing, they understand, right? They may not Mm -hmm. understand time, but they understand, okay, breakfast is in the morning. I don't know what morning means or what time that is, lunch, dinner. So you can say when you're eating breakfast, mommy's going to come down and play. But then I want that to be something that you're going to do. So that you would say like, you know, mommy's going to go to work tomorrow. When you come home from school, mommy's going to be here and we can play. What would you like to play tomorrow? Do you want to play with this toy or this toy? Right. So really Mm -hmm. making it like, yes, around an event around like something that they do in their routine is better Mm -hmm. at this age than yes, saying a time because you can't say, oh, I'll see you at 7 a.m. or I'll see you. (laughs) And later, you're right. The concept of later, they don't understand. But interestingly, we use later with Ryan in the understanding that he doesn't understand what later means but now he's three a little over three he says like i'll see you later and i don't think he understands what later is like i said but he gets that later means not not now now. he doesn't understand when it's going to happen but he knows like it's not happening at this current moment and it helps us it gives us time and you know then he's like i go to park later i'm like yeah you're right we're not going to go now right but they do not understand that concept that is 100 percent. but utilize things in their routine as the time, quote unquote, because that Mm -hmm. can actually be something that they do understand, right? Like the breakfast or lunch or after nap time or before bedtime, things like that. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Becoming a new mom does not come with a manual, but I'm trying to get as close to it as possible. Are you expecting a baby or know somebody who is? Make sure to grab my first year course, The New Mom Survival Guide. The on-demand course contains modules covering parenting in the first year, newborn feeding like breast and formula feeding, newborn sleep and infant sleep, introduction of solids, safety, baby care how-tos, developmental milestones, teething, and so much more. With videos and printables, you will feel supported through the first year. The course also has a roadmap that takes you through what to expect visit by visit so you can feel more confident and calm in the choices that you make and the stages that you'll go through during your baby's first year. By purchasing, you also get access to our Facebook community to troubleshoot issues or concerns. It also makes a great gift that can support a new mom through her motherhood journey. Check out the New Mom Survival Guide by visiting pedsdoctalk.com and searching our popular courses. Okay, perfect. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, this is all helpful. Just chat about it and, you know, sure, just relate and understand that we're not alone. It is not easy. You know, going back to that guilt comment, really understanding that it is about quality over quantity, that your child is loved by someone you love by someone (laughs) who is taking care of their own passions and interests and love. And to me, that is a huge form of love. And it doesn't mean for anyone listening who is not working outside the home, maybe you are a full-time parent right now, that is what you're doing. And I just want you to have passion in what you are doing, whatever it is that you're doing. And your child will realize that, especially as they get older, they see you happy. They see you fulfilled. And then that also, like I said, at the beginning of this carries on into relationships with them, which is why I want my hope for everyone is that they have a job or career that they actually tolerate and like, like we said, you don't have to love it every day, but because I know that that carries into how our relationship is with our partner and also with our child. Yes, I completely agree. Yes. And, you know, enjoy those moments when you get them. Like I said, it does not have to be grand events that you're doing with your child. It can be five minutes, 10 minutes. And those moments we want to try to make it uninterrupted as possible. So I know that can feel hard sometimes, but in my head, whenever I feel distracted, I'm more prone to say, what do I need at this moment? I don't need to have my cell phone on me. We've survived many years before cell phones without having it on us. So I don't need my cell phone on me. It's going to get put upstairs or on the charger. And I'm not going to have it when I'm playing with him. This is going to be our uninterrupted time. And with a three-year-old, definitely, again, going back to that control piece during that play, asking him between two things that you're able to play, right? Like give him the option of two things that you're also able to do. Like if you don't want to go outside and ride a scooter or ride a bike at seven o'clock, that's not an option, right? But inside the house, what is it that you want to play with mommy today? Do you want to do this or this? And giving them that autonomy and control makes them feel like, oh, wow, I get to play with my mom and she's letting me decide. Oh, ooh, I like, they feel empowered, right? And they also feel connected through those little moments. And also utilize your routine. Like with a busy schedule like you have, sometimes you only may make it home for bedtime routine or like dinner, right? Like it's really just like for a lot of um, parents who work outside the home, you pick up them up from childcare, you go home, dinner, bedtime, utilize them and connect with them in that routine. Allow them in the kitchen if you're cooking and, you know, obviously with safe items around bath time and bedtime, have that be the connection time and keep it playful, right? Like keep it fun, sing songs. I've talked about this on my Instagram on the hardest days, I get the most goofy and I do this out of my own mental health preservation, but also for Ryan, I don't want him going to bed with an angry, frustrated mother. I don't, it's something that's really important to me that I am frustrated. Sometimes I am like tapped out. Sometimes the last thing I want him to see when he closes his eyes is that, Hey, mommy had a smile on her face and she loves me. And this is a safe space. Right. And when we're so tired, it can feel so hard because you're just trying to get to bedtime. But that's why I say utilize those moments. Like I find that bath time and reading a book are actually enjoyable to me, more so bath time. And I make it fun, you know, splashing with him, talking about body parts. Like he likes to learn about all his body parts and like just really laughing and smiling. And it helps alleviate that guilt. It helps alleviate that mood. And more so it just makes you feel and reframe this entire experience that, okay, I had a tough day, but I have this beautiful child that's safe in their bed or crib. I'm healthy. They're safe. Like really just going Mm -hmm. back to that gratitude piece too. Absolutely. And I think you'll understand this. Maybe your husband will understand this, but since I've become a mom and in the job that I do, when I go to bed at night, 
you know, I have a moment of gratitude and like, I didn't have to bring him to work today. I know. So that's know. a win. <laughs> yes. Listen, I mean, however we can find gratitude. I mean, yeah. I tell my husband this all the time. My husband struggles more with gratitude finding than I do. Like when things are going tough, he finds it hard. He's like, how can yeah. you be grateful when SHIT is hitting the fan? And I'm oh, like, yeah. no, I know the reality that we're in, but I finding right. those small pockets helps the day go by and also helps oh, you yeah. lift out of that tough time that you're going through. It actually, yeah, like really helps. And going back to the health, like anytime mm -hmm. Ryan recovers from an illness or we, all of us recover from something, I'm so grateful. I say, thank you. Mm -hmm. Like, this is so great. I know it's not always like this because of our field. We know yes. that. And it can yes. be hard because on the flip side, my husband's like, well, I see all the bad things. I see really I hard things. I'm like, I know, but you also have to understand that there's also good in this world. Like a lot of good things happen. A lot of healing happens. I know I can be more like your husband too. And it's, you know, it is tough. It's tough on the day to day seeing, you know, the worst of the worst. Absolutely. And then coming home. Yeah. So I can definitely see both sides. It's tough. It's tougher than I ever thought it would be. I thought I would be more prepared and maybe less stressed out as a parent in healthcare. But I can tell you that it's the exact opposite for me. Yeah, no, I relate to that, you know, especially the last three years, watching yeah. the pandemic and stuff like that with my husband. I mean, I being an outpatient pediatrician, you see a lot of healing. Like I said, you see a lot of good mm -hmm. things happen. Of course, we see a lot of not so great things, but majority yeah, of, of it is healing. And I mm -hmm. and when you in an ER, a lot of what you see is not healing. It's sick right. people. It's having to admit them all of that. Like I mean, I know that's a reality. So it absolutely yeah. skews your perspective because you're like, well, I see dread and sadness a lot yeah. of part of my day. And being a mother, like speaking for you, I can only imagine mm -hmm. because that energy that you're bringing home, taking mm -hmm. those moments, like I said, even just going upstairs, if obviously I'm hoping someone else is yeah. watching, obviously watching <laughs> but those moments, yeah. those reset moments, right? Those yeah. five minutes, those even just sitting in your car in the driveway and just taking those breaths and talking to yourself and saying, I'm in control right now. I had a really hard day. I am so grateful to be safe coming home to my child before you go into whatever it is going to be inside a tantruming toddler, a happy <laughs> toddler, because those moments is what saves us right so that we do not yep. react yell all those things that we are trying to be better at as parents because that's what also makes the whole scenario of a, just say he is having a tantrum and whining for you it can make it more so when he does whine i know this is so mm -hmm. hard but just say you walk through the door and he's like mommy mommy please please put it and you're overstimulated i mm -hmm. want you to remember how i respond right now is how my child will learn to respond to his future child if he has it i want my child to learn that I am his safe space. I am, of course, entitled to have my feelings and emotions, but I'm mm -hmm. not going to bring my day into my child's experience right now. And just tell yourself that and talk yourself through that so that you can be more present and say, I got this. And sometimes I find that, like I said, verbalizing and hugging, all of those mm -hmm. touchy-feely things can just help yep. us calm down our heart rate, really just make us understand that this is our moment. This is a very pivotal moment here. I'm going to fight through any sense of frustration and overstimulation I have and just connect with my kid for this moment. And it's going to be an important thing for everybody. You're absolutely right. Thank you. Yes. And I hope this was a nice chat. I love chatting about this stuff. And <laughs> this podcast is not only parenting tips and, okay, do this if your child has a tantrum. It's these conversations. It's how do we get through these touchy-feely situations that a lot of us go through and the feelings and frustrations behind it. So it was just so nice to chat with you today, Lauren. Same. Thank you for having me.
I love chatting with Lauren about this very common feeling many of us have. Whether you work outside the home or not, it can be very emotionally draining when your child acts out more, especially when you've had a really long day. I always say that parenting would be much easier if we didn't have all the extra stuff that we have to do in our adult life. This is why mindfulness is so important. This is why we have to understand that all of our experiences, the traffic that we're in, the person that cut us off, someone who argued with us at work, all of those experiences carry with us when we go home. And so it's really important to figure out how am I going to take this moment, recenter myself before I get into my house, because you never know what you're going to expect. Lauren is an ER nurse, and so I should have said this, but you know, you just never know what's going to come through the door in the ER. And similar to a child, you don't know what kind of day we're going to have. You don't know if it's going to be an extra meltdown day. You don't know if it's going to be a good day. And it's kind of understanding that there's just going to be days. Some days are going to be great. Some days are not going to be so great. And some days they may have some more tantrums and some days they won't. And sometimes you're not going to be able to know why. I hope you found this conversation helpful. And if you love this episode, make sure you leave a review if you haven't already, share it on social media and tag me and make sure to share it with a friend. This is how the podcast continues to grow and I cannot wait to answer another parent's question next week. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts.